0: have your Bible go with me to Exodus, uh, chapter two. As you're with us this morning, I know when we come to this topic of, uh, Mother's Day, I realize that some are, you know, excited and, uh, are ready to celebrate and others come, uh, with some brokenness. Um, we were just talking this morning as the, with the leadership and about different, our moms and what they meant to us, knowing that, you know, one individual when they were, uh, about three, uh, their mom basically was gone and, uh, wasn't part of, uh, their world and and um i realized that maybe some of you in here uh, don't have a child so that's a whole nother uh opportunity to to chat and sometimes these days um can be difficult i was uh, thinking when talking with susan um her sister her oldest sister carrie uh god had never never gave them a child and um but God has used Carrie, and I'm not sure how many little people's lives, that she invested in figuring out math so that these kids could pass their math classes. She wrote her own curriculum. She decided to become a basketball coach. And so for many years, she's been teaching uh, girls in the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade how to play basketball. And most of the girls, when they come to play basketball for her, 6th and 7th grade, they've never even dribbled a basketball. They have no concept. Of basketball, but she's invested in them. Uh, they've won some basketball games, but those girls' lives will never be the same. And I don't know if Carrie would have been able to do that if she had had her own children. So I don't know where you come into this situation this morning as we celebrate Mother's Day. As we pause and stop and say, hey, thank you, Mom, for all that you've done for us, it's really important for you not to forget about God's relentless love for you. As you sit here this morning, he gave you breath. He pursued you radically. He wanted you to know that you were loved. And so he could have done it a thousand different ways, but he said, wait, I want to demonstrate my love for you by a cross, and I'll send my best gift to don a cross for your sins. So as we sit here this morning, all of us have been loved. Now what's interesting is, what will we do with that love? This morning I'm going to show you a couple passages of from scripture starting in exodus chapter 2 we're going to get a chance to see Moses' mother then we're gonna go look at hannah and i think most of you probably thought i was going to use proverbs 31 and so i will use it but i want to use it maybe from a different perspective than what you've maybe thought about before so if you have your bible exodus uh chapter 2 um let me start there i want you to see Moses' mother now it's interesting uh as you see Moses' mother um I want to just maybe paint the picture of what's going on around there. Uh, The nation of Israel is growing. Pharaoh wants to kill off all the Israelite boys, so he passes the law that when the Israelites have a son, toss him into the Nile River. Make sure that person dies. So now you pick it up in Exodus chapter two with this woman, which we know as Moses' mother, is now going to have to make a decision. God's going to give her a son. We all aware of that because we know about Moses. But I'm not sure what we thought about as we look through this story of Moses. I'm not sure that we thought about this word, sacrifice. I'm not sure that we sat down and said, okay, Moses is going to be born and we're going to stop briefly this morning and look at all that Moses' mother does for Moses. So if you have your Bible, Exodus chapter 2, you know the beginning part of of Exodus chapter 2 so pick it up in verse 2 the woman conceived she bore a son and when she saw that he was a fine child she hid him for 3 months now how do you hide a baby for 3 months everybody knew that Moses' wife was expecting her mom was expecting pretty much when people give birth you can realize that um there's something not in front anymore and so that baby must have been born but for 3 months She did whatever she had to do, and it's kind of probably a little bit easier to hide a newborn than than anybody else, but I want you to see something else. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and dabbed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. Now, I'm pretty sure nobody sitting in this room has tried to figure out how they can make a boat for a three-month-old baby. And I'm pretty sure that there's nobody sitting in this room after you built that boat, that you put your baby in that boat in the reeds. But Moses' mother did. Moses' mother spent some time building what she thought would be the best thing for her son. How many test trips did she do? I have no idea. How old was Moses when exactly when she placed him in that basket? I don't know for sure. But I know that there was a mother. We don't really know a lot about her other than that she's Moses' mother. And she was willing to sacrifice for her son. And I'm sure that she had been watching the time frame when when Pharaoh's daughters would come down and bathe And so whatever that day was, she said, okay, today's the day. I can't hide him anymore. I'm going to place him in a basket. What we know is that Pharaoh's daughter found her. She opened the basket, and the baby was crying. Have you ever thought about this? How long was that baby crying? Where was Moses' mother? How far away was she? How long did she have to listen to that child cry, knowing that that's her boy? Now, if you haven't had children... Uh, you have no idea what a baby's cry is, and when you have your first child, you you jump as high as you can when the first one cries. When you get your gift of the second one, oh well, get over it. Come on, you're gonna make it. It'll be okay. It's not that bad. All right, and so um, and so you you see a choice that Moses's mother made. Sacrifice for her son. And all of us, if we're honest, we probably say, we would say to our mom, Mom, thank you for your sacrifice. But I want you to think about something first before I move on from Moses' mother. Because there's a tendency at times when we become parents that we get this perspective because you sacrifice for your children does not mean that you own them. Because you sacrifice for your children does not mean that you own them. Have you ever found yourself saying this to your children? Do you know what I have done for you? No, they don't know. Because they've never been a parent And so as we are gather together, moms and those of you who are listening, I want to encourage you to be willing to sacrifice for your children. But on the other side of this, please do not find your value in your children's positive choices or their negative choices because you don't own them. That's huge. Because most of the time we say, yeah, check out, what! whoa, look what they did. And we find our value in there. That's not fair to our children. That's spiritual immaturity of a parent. That we think just because I sacrifice, I deserve this back from you. On the flip side of that, just because your child makes an unwise choice does not mean that you're a bad parent. I'll just be honest, I won't say a lot about this, but your kids are sinners. You know where they got it from? You. And so at times when they sin, go to them in love or get on your face before God and say, God, would you identify my, would you show my kids, would you draw my kids' heart back from away from the lie of that world that they're buying into? Would you do something for them? Would you radically change them from the inside out, God? Because I've tried. Any of you try to fix your kids? You all are not very honest. Let me try this again. Anybody here that's tried to fix their children? Okay, now. Oh, wait. I don't see 100% participation. In the back there, that white hair. Yeah, that guy right there. A little higher. Yeah, there we go. Okay. All right. It's, that, that's honest. Okay. Okay. But what is God going to demonstrate to us through the life of Moses' mother? God has called us to sacrifice for our children. No strings attached. It's not about you. Next thing that I want you to see, take your Bible, go to 1 Samuel. Story of Hannah. So Joshua judges Ruth, 1 Samuel. Pick it up in 1 Samuel. You've got this individual, her name is Hannah, and i got this person hanging on to a cliff here. Circumstances are involved in Hannah's life that she's hanging on for dear life. God has made a decision for Hannah not to have a child. And as you read through this passage, you'll see, pick it up in verse uh, 4. On, uh, so 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 4. On the day when Elohim sacrificed, he would give portions to Penea, his wife, and to all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. Three times a year, Hannah would go to sacrifice with her husband. Every time that Hannah would go sacrifice with her husband and her husband's other wife, every single time she had to be ridiculed, she'd be mocked, she'd be laughed at. Because God had a plan through a circumstance to draw Hannah's heart to himself. And very interesting for you to be sitting here this morning, looking at something that took place in the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel to say, you know what, God, maybe you are working through circumstances. God, maybe you want to do something in my life to get my attention. That's what's taking place in Hannah's life. And so now Hannah's going to go before God. And I want you to see what's interesting In the midst of her circumstances, her prayer. Drop down to verse 9. After she had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, Lord, I'm a little bit upset with you. Lord, my circumstances are not favorable. God, I'm just a little bit bitter to you. Are any of those things that she said? No. I want you to see this. I want us to see as individuals sitting in this room, her words, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the afflictions of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give uh, to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. In her brokenness, in her circumstance of no child, she's coming to her father. And if you read on, you'll see that uh, they thought she, Eli thought she was drunk and she's not. And I'll, I'll show you something here at the very end of this. But I want you to see this. She comes to the temple to her God and her brokenness you think she would have been praying this way if she hadn't been through these circumstances? If God just would have blessed her, would she say, God, here, I'm, I'm seeking your face today? No. She came to God in her brokenness and said, God, if you give me a son, I will give the son back to you. Can I ask you a question this morning, Mom? Are you, giving, are you willing to give him your heart this morning? in the midst of your circumstances? And then are you willing to give him your children this morning? And sometimes I think that we as parents need to sit down and open up our hands and say, okay, God, they don't belong to me not mine. They're yours. But I almost promise you, you will not give your children to a God that you've not given yourself to. So as you're here, and I know it's, it's an opportunity to celebrate, and I really want our children and our children, grandchildren and our great-grandchildren to really be affected by the women of our generation. But guess what? You have to have something between you and Jesus to affect the next generation. You can't give your kids nothing that you don't have. So if Jesus doesn't have you, how can you open your hands and say, okay, God, I'm going to give them to you. I'm letting them go. Now I want to show you something um, in Proverbs chapter 31. So take your Bible and go to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31. And I realize typically when you go to Proverbs chapter 31, you pick it up in verse, uh, around verse 10. Okay, I'm not going to do that this morning. I realize if I pick it up in verse 10 and you start through there, you're going to see hard work. You're going to see a woman who buys and sells. You're going to see a woman who gives to the poor. Verse 23, you're going to see a woman where her husband has a good name in the community. Verse twenty. Where you're going to see strength and honor. Verse 26, you're going to see wise words. And in verse 28 and 29, you're going to see children. They're going to rise up and bless her. All of those are activities that come from Proverbs chapter 30, 31 verse 30. So you get a chance to see all of these activities, but I want you to see Proverbs 31, 30, and you read these words. Charm is deceitful. And beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. All the stuff that you read before about this Proverbs 31 comes from a heart that fears the Lord. I don't want you to get distracted on all the things that she does. I want you to see who she is. I don't want you to see the activity. And I'm not against activity, please. I'm not against the activities. But typically when you come to Proverbs 31, you're always looking to the external. Well, this woman did this, so maybe I need to do this. And this woman did this, and this, and this, and this. And, this. and by the time you get to 31, 30, you're like, I'm exhausted. There's no way I can be this woman. This woman is the way she is because, not because of the external. But because of the internals, and I realize that we live in a generation that, that there is so much focus on the externals. okay, and I'm not saying that you don't do stuff to the outside, okay I'm not you know if you want to wear makeup fine, if you don't want to wear makeup, that's fine too. I mean I don't that stuff does not bother me. It's been important over the years for me to remember when Susan walked past me when I was 20, 19, 20. I was at Word Life Bible Institute. She was in the gym. She walked by me, and I'm like, man, oh, man, I need to get to know that girl. But you know what? I like her more now than I ever thought I would like her when I was in the gym because in the gym I saw the externals. Now I see the externals, and I know the internals. I want to be very clear about this. So I want you to go with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. So take your Bible and go to 1 Peter chapter 3. These are not my words. So you're not. if you get mad at me or you don't like these words, I'm sorry. I can't take them out of the Bible. And I'm not going to refuse them uh, this morning. Just be, just the way I'm not going to refuse John 3.16 in the world that we live in. Because it's. I want to know the truth. And truth sets you free. So I want you to see what Peter calls a woman look at 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 3 pick well let me let me read verse 2 when they see your respect and pure conduct do not let your adorning be external what is that the braiding of hair putting on gold putting on jewelry putting on fine clothing Do not allow your value as a woman to be defined on what you put on, okay? That's what Peter's words are. And there's a temptation. I know if I just have this or if I just have this or if I could just fix this or if I could just whatever, okay? And I'm sorry you live in that culture, but as a person that loves you as a woman, a part of Bible Fellowship Church, I am begging you, do not get involved in the externals. Don't put your value in the externals. If you do that, ladies, guess what? We will not read about you as Proverbs thirty-one, because you've bought into the lie of the world. Peter's very clear what what a woman of God looks like. Now, look what verse four. But let your adorning or your value be hid in the hidden person of the heart, with an imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very what? precious. Wow. So this morning, as we've gathered together as a family, you get a chance to see Moses' mom. A mom who's a mom of sacrifice. You get a chance to just Look at Hannah, and I know this is all briefly, but you get a chance to see a woman that's in a circumstance that has been brought on by God. God didn't give her a child because he wanted you and I to see what it was like to go to God in your brokenness and cry out to him, God, you're in charge. God, if you give me this one, I'll give it back. But God, I'm coming to you first. And then you get a chance to see this Proverbs 31 individual that the inside is what really matters to God. I want to close my time around a passage of Scripture in Philippians. And as I close our time together, and if you'd like to look there, you can look in Philippians chapter 3 is where I'm going. But I want to to give you an illustration. I want to show you how this works, okay? So this is the first time that my mom has been here for Mother's Day. Okay, so she's sitting down here. Mom and Terry are here. Joanne and Terry are here. And I want to tell you something about my mom, okay? My mom grew up in a crazy home where her father basically, in my opinion, and, and, and so you're going to have to hear my side, and if she wants to change it, she'll, can, she'll correct me, and I'll come back and change it. But, but from my side, okay, was a dictator. And for years, my mom and her twin sister, Janet, they were known as the Hanny Twins. They were known around that area, you know, uh, as the Hanny Twins. She had an identical twin. They would skip whatever did well in math, that one went to math class. And then whoever did well somewhere else, then that one went to that one. So they could move around, and people didn't know who they were. They couldn't figure them out, so they didn't know. But I want to show you something, because I'm going to take you to Philippians chapter 3 in just a second, because this is really just going to get challenging. My mom and her twin sister were not allowed to wear shorts. So what my mom did is my mom carried a tennis racket everywhere she went. And I've told you this story before. So she could wear her shorts. You know what's interesting? Not one time did my grandpa ever say to my mom and her twin sister, I really would like to go play tennis with you. All the years that my mom carried her tennis racket, guess what? Not one time did she ever step on a tennis court. Not once. Okay? Which in some senses is kind of kind of funny, but in other senses she grew up in a situation that her father never said, hey, what you like, I will get involved in. Not once. Remind you of a passage of Scripture, Philippians chapter 3. Paul says to us, forgetting what is behind, I press on towards the goal. So now we're born, and she's got four of us, three boys and a girl. I don't ever remember a time that my mom was not at one of my events. I don't ever remember a time when I came home from wherever I was, I didn't hear these these questions. Where'd you go? What'd you do? Where did your girlfriend sit in the car? Where did you eat? And it didn't matter. I had to be home by 11. That was my curfew. So it didn't matter. See what's interesting? She forgot the past. Because I promise you, there's probably not one lunch that her dad ever asked her. So what did you and Janet do today? When my dad brought my mom home, if they sat in the car too long, my grandpa would be flipping the light switch. had time just to sit and talk with Terry about my Grandpa Haney. My Grandpa Haney worked in a factory. And so part of the factory, you would have towels that you would have for your area in the factory. And everybody just had a certain stack, except Grandpa Haney. So you couldn't set the stack down for Grandpa Haney. He wanted you to count out every time you walked by him. I need 30 of them. Not 29, not 28, 30. my grandpa handy wasn't a bad guy all the way around. But I wanted to give you a word picture of somebody that was willing to forget what was behind and move on. I don't believe either of my parents ever heard their parents say, I love you. I don't remember a time that I've ever hung up the phone while my dad was alive and while my mom is still alive, but I never answer, never leave the conversation, Mom I love you. Or she says to me, I love you. So here we are on mothers. Day. And the word of God is going to call you to sacrifice the way Moses did. Hannah's going to give you an opportunity to say, okay, God, there's going to be circumstances that are going to happen in your family. And guess what, moms? Those circumstances are going to be designed to so you. say, okay, God, I'm not in charge. They belong to you. But I promise you, you will not do that unless you focus on the internal, not the external. For you to pause and say, okay, Lord, forgetting what is behind, Press on towards the goal. Will you do it? Will you fall on your face and say, okay, Lord, here I am. It's me and you. And there's not one of us sitting in this room that doesn't have a past. There's not one of us. And there's not one of us that I haven't said anything new. This isn't like a new message. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's something new. Sacrificial love for your children. Will you give them to the Lord? Because you know inside of you what God has done in you and how he's radically changed you from the inside out because you were willing to forget what was behind press on towards it Father, I thank you for the privilege that we can gather this morning around Mother's Day. Thank you for our moms. Thank you for my mom, her sacrifice, her love for you, love for us. Thank you that that mom and dad were willing to do whatever just to get us to church. But they weren't just moms and dad that got us to church. They were the youth directors or the youth leaders or the bus drivers or whatever. Father, thank you that my parents did not live in the past. My life will never be the same because of what you've done inside of them. Father, I believe there's people sitting in this room that are living in the past. And the people that they say that they love, they don't really love because they're stuck in the past. So, Father, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that we would have homes that would be sacrificially designed families, moms and dads. Say, okay, it's not about me being in charge. I don't own this kid. I'll steward them towards you. That there would be moms and dads that would say, Lord, would you do something in my life first? I'll give you my children, but I want you to do something in me because the inside of me really matters. Father, I can't wait to see you face to face. Thank you for allowing us to run this race. Help us not to run in the past. We love you, Jesus. Your name we pray. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Please grab one of the gifts in the foyers. God bless you. Have a great day.